My name is Ross Sutherland. You are listening to Imaginary Advice. Uh, I hope you're doing okay. So, um, seeing as it's December, I've decided to make this the um, the special Christmas episode of the podcast. I don't know whether this holds true in other countries, but here in the UK, we have a, a, a long-standing tradition of the the Christmas ghost story. For me, personally, whenever I think about Christmas ghost stories, I think about these specials that the BBC used to run every Christmas Eve, uh, usually an adaptation of an M.R. James ghost story. However, one of my personal favourites, in fact we're going to be talking about today, is uh, an adaptation of a Charles Dickens ghost story called The Signal Man. One foggy night, I was sitting here, watching the patterns in the fire, and I heard a voice. What you're about to hear in this episode today is kind of a homage to that Charles Dickens ghost story. It's my attempt to unpack and understand what Dickens found so scary about trains and train signals and the root of it where it all begins is with me uh, spending a night for real in one of the UK's last signal boxes the Osmodike gate box hanging out with one of the UK's last remaining signalmen before the signal box closed for good so the core of this programme you're about to hear is actually based on real-life conversations that I had in that signal box. However, in addition to it being a documentary, the programme is also kind of a ghost story in itself. Do but listen for a moment to the wind in this unnatural valley. I, I originally wrote this piece for BBC Radio 3. It was produced by Reduce Listening. I got to work with some fantastic audio makers on this project. Producers Jack Howson and Joby Waldman, plus sound design from Steve Bond and nature recordings from renowned wildlife recordist Chris Watson, which were all recorded on site at Oxmadike and the surrounding area. Since its original broadcast, this programme, I think it's been unavailable for a couple of years, so uh, I'm really thrilled to be able to resurrect it, as it were, for this podcast. Uh, so anyway, here's my Christmas ghost story. The Signal Man. funny I don't um I don't remember the sunset there must have been one there's only one light now a soft yellow glow actually I can um I can see where the light's coming from now it's this uh small brick building 
It's a signal box, I think. Hang on. There's someone there. Are they waving at me? Hello there! We stare at each other for a moment. I can see the figure clearer now. Sky blue polo shirt. Body warmer. The signal man, I presume. Is it, uh, is it, is it all right if I come up to you? I ask. I tell the signal man my story. How I'd been thrown off the train home to Hull for not having a valid ticket. Okay, says the signalman, whose name is Dave, it turns out. It's 20 minutes to the end of my shift, he says. If you be quiet and sit there... Be quiet, sit there. I'll give you a ride to the service station down the road. After that... You're just going to have to try and thumb a lift. Um, so, so uh, are you warm enough? I stepped in a puddle just outside <laughs> on the way up. Oh, so uh, I've got a sort of shoe to dry off. I won't take it off, don't worry. Stepping into this room, it feels a bit like stepping out of time altogether. Apart from a 90s-looking computer and a slow cooker in the corner, it feels like this could be any day in the last 80 years. The box is a single elevated room. There's a frayed armchair, a sink, a kettle. Directly above the bar fire, there's a faded Polaroid of the coal fire that used to occupy the same spot. Under the photograph, a hand has fondly written, R.I.P. Rest in peace. <laughs> that big wheel there, that's lowering and raising the barrier outside, yeah, right? It's a fantastic piece of equipment. Like a ship's wheel. It is, very much like a ship's wheel. Yeah. Yeah. The entire south side of the signal box is window to keep both vanishing points of the rail line in view. Um, how long has the, uh, the box been active? Do you know how long has it been? I think it was built in 1901. But uh, this lever frame's been here since about the mid-40s. Beside the levers, raised up on a polished wooden block, the signal bell. Oh, here we go. For some reason, I can't take my eyes off it. Though small, it seems to dominate the room, springing to life whenever I least expect it, filling the signal box with its strange coded music. Uh... Um, uh, so, uh, I think... <laughs> we do get some quiet periods. And then... Dave explains that whenever the bell rings, we're hearing two ends of a conversation. It's the two stations on either side of the box talking to each other. It's easy to forget that we're not listening to an automated computer system. We're listening to humans. It's just humans that are simulating a machine. I ask Dave if he can interpret for me. Here we go. The first bell that you get is called attention. That's acknowledged. The train is off and on. If it's a mainline train that's not stopping, 
we get the one, two, one bell signal. That gives me time to get the barriers down. That catches my eye. It's abundantly clear that I don't get it. Just that sequence over and over again. There's a big sequence of bells because sometimes we've got a down and an up at the same time. Right, and that's when it starts to sound like a language because there's so much, it's so long and... Yeah, and that's where you've got to develop an ear for that, to decipher those bells. Yeah. I can't hear the dots from the dashes, though. Can you? No, not at all. <laughs> like, like... I, think it, I think it takes about a couple of weeks for you to develop that ear. Dave is always in motion. Here it comes now. Pacing back and forth from laptop to lever to window. There's a nervous energy to the job, although I think that might just be down to my presence here. We acknowledge the trains, but we do not wave to them. Right, right, right. Waving your arms around, it could stop a train. So I can just do a single palm up like this, yeah? That uh, right? No, you don't do okay, anything. Right, I, I don't ah, do anything. Right. I, don't, right, I, don't, I don't wave to the trains. <laughs> you don't wave to the trains. You've got to be careful. Just this simple act of acknowledging them. The train driver could interpret that in a certain way and stop. It makes sense. Out here, everything seems to revolve around the precise interpretation of symbols. Just me being here is a disruption. I need to try and find a way to stay as, as unsymbolic as possible. Once I've pulled off, yeah. hands off, leave it alone. Because if we put the signals back, the signal's going to go to danger and there's going to be all sorts of problems. If we put it back in error, you can stand here, but don't be holding it. Don't be tempted to put it back. Right. Because if you do, uh, you're going to cause all sorts of problems. The repeat of that phrase, all sorts of problems. Does he just mean delays or is this, is this more code? Are we talking about something much worse? Um, I mean, not to be gruesome, but like what... What are the possible things that can go wrong? Um, so long as I'm concentrating, everything's fine. If I don't concentrate, I miss something, I miss the bells. I don't decipher the bells, I miss them completely. And what happens then is the train comes to a stand. Uh, but the more, probably the, the worst thing that could happen, I've lowered the barriers, I've got my signals off, and somebody drives through and finishes up on the crossing, and there's a train approaching at 70 miles an hour. So then I need to put my signals back and use my red flag. But I don't want to be the first one to do that here. I get why Dave doesn't want to say crash. If the job is to avoid such a thing at all costs, I mean, it makes sense to avoid it in language as well. As my socks slowly crisp by the fire, I pull out my phone. The power button generates a ghostly white rectangle. Nothing more. Oh yeah, that was how I ended up here in the first place. It all started this morning with me missing my alarm, waking two hours late in a hotel room in Reading and nearly missing my train home. My broken phone had caused other problems too. It had my train ticket stored on it. Then, when the ticket machine swallowed my debit card, I was left with no choice but to ride the train anyway and try and sneak through the network unnoticed. And then, when the guard threw me off the train at Gilbert Dyke Station, I had no GPS to tell me how far I was from home. 
I probably wouldn't have tried to walk all the way to Hull if I'd actually known how far I had to go. Next thing I know, I'm following the train tracks, flanked on both sides by vast fields of black soil, the Yorkshire wolds just visible to the south. Skylarks sounding their alarms all around me. One technical malfunction is all it can take, and you can fall straight through the grid. Lucky that Dave saw me. I'd still be out there in the dark. Dave seems so in tune with the rhythm of the work. He's almost like an extension of the system. He doesn't feel the tension that I feel every time another track. You could imagine it could feel like a little spooky here, a night on your own. It does, yeah. Because it's so close to the river and low lying when the fog is rolling in and you're in this elevated position and you look out over the top of the fog sometimes yeah of the silverness of it all that is very spooky very hound of the baskervilles i noticed a large black volume of ghost stories on the bookcase the uh, the books up on the shelf here they they kind of accumulated over like a long time yeah, we've got them all the fishing books are mine because i if it's a quiet spot on the night, I make my own flies for fishing. The ones I read out of those are probably just the horror stories. Hang on, wasn't there a ghost story about a signal man? It was Dickens, I think. I remember seeing the 70s BBC adaptation. There was a signal box right by the edge of this huge black tunnel and the signal man who played him. There you are, sir. That's my work. That's the sum of it. Nothing there of interest to anyone but myself. But I am interested. It was Denham Elliott. Is everything... He was being... As it should be. ...tormented by these ghostly premonitions. The signal bell keeps ringing with warnings of catastrophes, but there's never enough information for the signal man to stop what was about to happen. I seem to remember the Dickens was in a rail crash himself at some point. I think after that, he never rode a train sober again. 
You must have terrified him. Having to hand over your life to a machine. Your fate, just a dot within an utterly inscrutable network. I try to remember the story for Dave, though. I don't think I'd do it justice. Yeah, he can't decipher it. Yeah. Um, That's the only train-related ghost story that I know. That's a good one. There's something mysterious about someone giving you messages and then you not being able to kind of understand them. Yeah. 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 Do you believe in, in the supernatural at all? Um, no, not, not, not the supernatural, no. I feel kind of stupid for asking. I put the ghost stories back on the shelf. Of course, Dave doesn't believe in ghosts. The job of the signal man is to deal in absolute certainty. Reality needs to be triple-checked at every juncture, and this place, well, this place seems ghostly enough, even without any actual ghosts. The location itself plays tricks on the brain. Gets a bit confusing here on a night as well as you stand where I am. Because you get, you get the lights there, where the train's coming from, but the reflectors there, so it looks like it's coming from that side. Yeah, I did wonder about that. So the reflections, the, reflections. Are, the reflections are very confusing. You've got to make sure that you don't put the wrong signals back. Not only that, says Dave, but sound can play tricks on you out here too. It is very silent and then you can pick out the different trains. Um, but it depends on the wind direction. Because other times you can't hear a train. Even though you've got the windows open, it's on top of you. Trains seemingly coming from the wrong direction. Some deathly silent to the right on top of you, or the sound of other trains arrives too early, almost like premonitions. Now here, it's hard to trust your human senses, which means the signal bell is probably the best guide you have to what's actually happening out there in the darkness. You need a drink? to say yes to a, to, a, to a cup of tea if... if, if I don't mind doing it. I, I'll, I'll do it, actually. Do you mind if I... Yeah, click it on. Is that all right? Yeah. You know, despite all the mirages that haunt this place, there must still be things, important things, that only the human eye can notice. Things that an entirely automated system can't see. I'll just get this one in here. I tell Dave that it's comforting to know that there are people out here like him humans embedded into the system, such as he is. Dave then immediately tells me that he's about to be replaced by a machine. When they get everything working properly, it will get resignaled and we won't be needed anymore. It's going to go from semaphore signaling to track circuit block signals, you know, like traffic lights. Okay. And that's controlled and from that, a computer? That will all be controlled Right, this equipment that's down here. Dave points to a squat flashing cabinet sitting outside the signal box. The computer will be doing everything. The signaler will just step in if things go wrong. Yeah. That's a strange feeling. We've known about it for quite some time, but when you look at all this equipment that's out there, each time we lower the barriers, raise the barriers, we're looking at that, and that's going to take my job. Not very nice, really, but... That's progress. The trains are still going to be running. There'll be more trains 
because it'll become 24-7. At the moment, it's an 18-hour line. But once we're not here anymore, and it's all run by computer, they don't need the extra staff to run the night shift. They can run trains through the night at no extra cost. They can run more trains through the day as well. But all that goes on without us being here. And uh, that's a bit strange. There are a few lines still to go, says Dave, but it won't be long now. Soon, the whole network will be automated. The signal bell will fall silent. These boxes stripped for parts. For those inside the train, the journeys continue as normal. The network carries on without us. The jobs die, but the machines go on. Relentless, undead. It still feels like we're in a ghost story. It's just now, it's the machines going bump in the night. I worked in engineering. Engineering's been decimated. It's everywhere. It's, it's every workplace. Because if you look at internet shopping, what effect has that on retail? Yeah. If you look at warehouse work, they're controlled by robots. It's all about getting people out of the equation. If anything, the railways are They've been a bit slow to catch up. Mm. I'm thankful for that. Sometimes it's hard to notice when jobs disappear because it's really hard to notice an absence. So you kind of go on and then you don't notice until later you go like, oh yeah, there used to be yeah, the, used to be people that did that. Yeah, that, that's right. What are you um, planning to do once you leave here? I've thought about it for a long time and. I, I've enjoyed it here so much. I would like this to be my last job. So um, I'll be retiring a couple of years early. I've come to terms with it and just looking forward to the next chapter, whatever that is. Uh, I can picture Dave sitting by a river somewhere, finally putting those fishing lures to use. Although at the same time, I can feel other chapters being written here the next chapter of industry, the next chapter of employment, and those I feel less certain about. We're a little further down the track than Charles Dickens, but, you know, isn't this the same story? Progress is on rails. It only goes one way. Just like signalman Denham Elliott, we hear the warnings, but just what can we do? Maybe we um, maybe we need a little music. We're allowed to have the radio on uh, if we want it for the music. The best one is a local channel, uh, Vixen. What kind of stuff does it play? Different times of day. They do. Uh... I'm, uh, I'm really jealous of the, the privacy of the job. I really like it. It's really good. I mean, typically change duty, do the changeover, and then you put the chairs where you want them. Just set it out just as you like it. Put the music on that I want on. Sit back and enjoy it. It's fantastic. 
operating the wheel is great. The, the signals feel great. Seeing the trains go by, it's not just a case of pulling the signals off. As the train passes, we're checking it to see if there's anything wrong. We, we have to make sure that the tail lights are on at the back. There's a very active part to play in it, and it's very special. Keep the public safe. Keep the trains running to time. I feel very comfortable here, and I'll, I'll really miss it. And that's why I don't want to go anywhere else. So, I wish you could, uh, you could take that ship's wheel away with you. Yeah, you could put it in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Few people truly love their job, but I don't know. I think Dave might be one of them, and uh, you shouldn't mourn something like that. You have to. You have to celebrate it. So, so maybe that's what we're doing here tonight, performing a wake of some kind, a little party for the signal box before it's finally lost to time. I sheepishly ask Dave if I can do something. I'd like to ask the bell a question, I say. After all, he seems so alive. It's almost like a colleague, right? And, uh, well, you know, I probably won't get another chance. I mean, I could ask it what the winning lottery numbers are going to be on Saturday. Yeah, totally two. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should go something grander this time. Uh, signal bell. Do we have reason to fear the machines? Well, it was a long answer. It was a long answer. <laughs> it seemed to have multiple subclauses. <laughs> At least you know the answer isn't just a simple yes. Yeah, there's a few R buts in there. There are some R buts. But it also wasn't a simple no. Could ask it, what does the future hold? Silence. <laughs> I prefer your answer. The last train to Hull slams past the window. Our time together must nearly be up. As I wash up our tea mugs, Dave tells me of another strange day on the job. It's just come to me now. I did have some, one, one lad walking down the line one night, quite late at night. Really? And uh, I asked him what he was doing. And he'd it, actually been uh, kicked off the train at Gilberdyke because he didn't have a, a ticket. And it was getting close to the last train of the night. It's funny to think I'm not the first soul who's tried to walk along these lines. So he said he was walking to Hull. I said, well, you can't walk along here. Actually, let him, let him come in. I said, no, you can't do that. It's a long way to haul from here. You know, I was thinking of a special. 
It seems there's been others before me who have ended up in this chair by the fire. There's clearly a pattern here. Except there's something in the tone of Dave's voice that just doesn't... It's like he doesn't see the pattern. I didn't want anything to happen to him, so I said, no, you can't be out there. I said, look, you need a taxi. It turned out he didn't, didn't have money. This is exactly... He's not talking about someone else. Why is he telling my own story back to me as if the, the whole thing happened years ago? Hang on. It was close to the end of my shift, so I told him just to be quiet, sit there, and when it got to the end of my shift, it was about 20 minutes afterwards, I took him to the services. I said, you're just, you're just going to have to try and thumb a lift, you know, but... It was a bit weird seeing somebody coming walking towards you around about quarter to 11 at night. Yeah, so I just did what I needed to do to get him off the line. Wait, 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 wait. Has, has all of this already happened? When did this night actually happen? Like, what was this, a year ago? Was it 10 years ago? Hang on. It's quite unsettling. What year is this? You mean now? I mean, actually now. Am I actually sitting here waiting for Dave to drive me to the petrol station? Or, or, or is all of this just an echo of something long past? Here we go. Are both of us now just recordings, memories of what was lost in a loop? It's Oxford Ike. Is this uh, the last train for tonight? OK. Uh, so when it's past, I'll, uh, I'll get myself a phone. All right, good night. Bye. Maybe in the real, actual present, this signal box has already closed down. There you go. Let's go home. Maybe Dave's long gone, and all the trains that pass through this place are now already managed by algorithms. As I watch Dave set the final signals, see, I swear I can still hear that bell, but maybe, maybe that bell no longer exists. Maybe now. The only memory of these codes upon this place are those hidden in the skylarks that nest nearby. Those codes were part of this landscape for so long. I like the idea of something remaining. Maybe the skylarks remember. Sounding their alarms. Their secret codes. Call to attention. Train entering section. Train leaving section. They've said that in the future, the network will barely need to sleep. Without human needs, the trains can run all day and all night. But still, maybe, in those brief moments of downtime, the network will still dream of us the people that used to live inside them. Now ghosts.
that's all for this episode. The Signal Man was a reduced listening production for BBC Radio 3. It was written by me, Ross Sutherland. He was produced by Jack Howson and Joby Waldman with sound design by Chris Watson and Steve Bond. My final thanks needs to be to the signal man himself, Dave Beckett, who was extremely accommodating and uh, very tolerant of all my stupid questions. I, uh, I hope he's enjoying his retirement. So that's all for this month. And uh, yeah, Merry Christmas. And if I don't see you, have a happy new year, all right? Okay, take care.